Uh, Go ahead and open in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 20. Proverbs chapter 20, um, that's on page, I'll tell you, because my Bible matches up with yours, I think, Uh, if you're using one of the Bibles provided underneath the seats. That's on page 542, uh, Proverbs chapter 20. Uh, Michelle was driving her mother and nephew, yes, that's high. she's like, why are you talking about me? Uh, she was driving her mom and her, our nephew back to the Lehigh Valley last Monday, and she was gone at dinner time, and what that means in the Lazarus home when this, there's no mom around for dinner is we just was like, it was a Chipotle night. So I sent Hallie off on her bike to pick up some food, and I gave her an amount of money, which I was confident was going to cover the bill and more. And so as she was on her way, I said, I expect the change. Uh, And she brought the change back to me. Faithfulness matters. She who is faithful in a little will be entrusted with more. Faithfulness matters. Uh, On July 15th, I had the privilege of presiding over the wedding of a young couple, and on the invitation of this wedding, there was a quote from a man named Leo Christopher, and and on the front of the invitation it said, I swear I couldn't love you more than I do right now, and yet I know I will tomorrow. And I I said to this couple, as I began the short uh, reflection from Scripture on their wedding day, I said to them, I'm not the most sentimental cat on the planet. You know that about me, probably. I said to them, how exactly do you know that? There are a lot of couples who arrive at their wedding day brimming with that kind of confidence, but then later on... Some months go by, some years go by, perhaps even some decades go by, but then that love dries up. Uh, I have seen couples who stopped loving each other. Faithfulness matters. Friday morning. Let's see if I can get through this one without crying. I did not get through Friday morning without crying. I sat in the sanctuary of the Pittman Methodist Church, and I'm not an emotional guy, but I could not stop wiping tears from my eyes for the better part of an hour and a half as we remembered the life of Ruth Lanning. Uh, Many of you know Ruth. Uh, As I heard about her humble and simple and sincere faith and her devoted hospitality, which I was a beneficiary of on more than one occasion, her steady commitment to her local church for decades, her consistent devotion to prayer, it just hit me. And those of you that don't know my story, my story of coming to Jesus is tied up with the Crispin's story. So I'm sitting there and I've got the four most important people in my world here and we're all here worshiping Jesus, trusting Jesus. And I'm thinking this woman, this woman Ruth Lanning and her prayers are part of how I'm in the Lord Jesus. Faithfulness matters. It's a small thing, it may seem. Uh, Children, when they are growing up, I don't know that many of you kids are thinking when you think about what you want to be when you grow up. I don't know that it comes to your mind right away, kids, to think, when I grow up, I want to be faithful. 
But faithfulness is a really wonderful thing. Kids, that's a really wonderful thing to desire, to want, is to be faithful. Faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit. Faithfulness is a virtue that the Lord Jesus is cultivating in his people during our pilgrimage through this world that is so often filled with fickleness. The fruit of the Spirit, the Apostle Paul said in his letter to the churches of Galatia, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. We're studying the fruit of the Spirit, uh, just fruit by fruit, working through them. This summer, we come this morning to the fruit of faithfulness. We're leaning into the book of Proverbs. That's why I asked you to turn to the book of Proverbs to guide us in helping us to think more about each of these fruits. And if you are here this morning with some desire now, you, you've been with us now for close to an hour and if you've been moved to any degree by the fact that God is in fact faithful, and now you're, we're going to talk about a, a God's faithfulness, but also the call to be faithful in our lives. And if you are here this morning, and there's some desire, I have come to see, I know, I believe that God is faithful, and it is my desire. I know I am not perfect, but I long to be, I want to be more faithful to this faithful God. If that's you this morning... We can praise God, the Holy Spirit, for that. That is not born of you. If you're feeling this morning, I would like to be more faithful. Tell me more about how I can be faithful. That is the work of the Holy Spirit among us, wherever it is so. And if it's not so, if you're here this morning and you just really don't have that desire, God, the Holy Spirit, can change that right now. And I'm going to pray that he will. So let's pray. Father, I ask for your blessing upon this time thinking about faithfulness. We do praise you, those of us who are here and we're moved and we, maybe we're not feeling as moved as we ought to, but we know you are faithful. It is our hope that you're faithful. We long to be faithful. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who has worked that in us by your sovereign grace. And we ask that by that same grace, you would work it in those who are feeling sluggish this morning, who don't really care. I trust there are some among us who are here, but they're not really interested in the topic at hand. But you could change that right now. And we ask that you would for your glory and for the great joy of all who are gathered here. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, Proverbs 20. Verse 6 is where we're going to be starting this morning thinking about the fruit of faithfulness. Proverbs 20, verse 6. Many a man proclaims his own steadfast love, but a faithful man who can find. Many a man proclaims his own steadfast love, but a faithful man who can find. Uh, three points for our consideration this morning. Uh, number one, faithfulness is rare. That should be just very self-evident right there. That's the point of the verse. Faithfulness is rare. Point number two, Jesus is a faithful man. Point number three, in Christ, 
you can be faithful to. Faithfulness is rare. Many a man proclaims his own steadfast love. Women, this is for you too. I hope you understand that. It says man, but this is talking about people, okay? Many a man proclaims his own steadfast love, but a faithful man who can find. A lot of people can talk about their loyalty, but this proverb anticipates, I think, a, a more modern proverb, and that is that talk is cheap. We can talk, anybody can talk about being faithful, but it's a whole different thing to actually walk faithfulness out. Now to think about this, we need to at least have some idea of what faithfulness is. We intuitively know what faithfulness is, but let me just make sure we're clear. What does it mean to even be faithful? To be faithful, some synonyms would be reliable, dependable, trustworthy. A faithful man or woman is one who, whose word matters. When they tell you something, you can count on them doing what they've said. Right? That's, the, that's what we celebrate when we praise God for his faithfulness. When we say God is faithful, we mean that he always does what he says he's going to do. He keeps his promises. First uh, Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24 puts it, he who calls you, this will be the benediction, Lord willing, when we come to the end of this service, he who calls you is faithful, he will surely do it. No, no word that goes out from God's mouth, as it says in Isaiah 55, no word that goes out from his mouth ever comes back to him empty or vain. In God, what you hear is what you get. And a faithful man or woman in his or her own imperfect way reflects something of that same trustworthiness. He or she is true to their word. And that kind of character, Solomon says, is rare. It's, have you found it to be rare? It could be rare for a few, a few different reasons that I thought of. It, 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 faithfulness grows slowly. The, the grace of faithfulness is not something that reveals itself in just a day or a week or a month, but over years, even over a whole lifetime. Right? Anybody can, well, anybody but me, maybe, but anybody can run a 100-meter dash. They may not be real fast. They, they can run a 100-meter dash. But it's, it's exhausting. It's a lifelong race of faith to be faithful. And we easily get distracted or worn out. It's hard work. There's lots of times in our daily lives where we just, we don't feel like putting up the work that faithfulness is, whether it's laboring at a job or uh, disciplining our children or loving our spouse or killing our sin. It's hard, it's exhausting, it's a long haul, and we just get weary. Faithfulness is also oftentimes thankless. It, it just largely goes unnoticed. It's not really particularly showy. Have you found faithfulness 
uh, to be rare in your own experience. Have you been let down? Have you been discouraged, frustrated by people who said that they would do something for you, said they would be there for you, and then they proved to be unfaithful? I imagine that's something we've all had the experience of to some degree. And it's easy to just get irritated with other people about the lack of faithfulness. We can just kind of lament, as the proverb says, where can you find a faithful person? But if we look in the mirror, we would also be mindful that faithfulness sometimes is rare even amongst us. I have a friend that I was in touch with last week, not a, not a part of this congregation, but a friend of mine that uh, was sharing with me that they were just in, about to enter into a really kind of overwhelming, busy, challenging week. And I, I said to this friend, I'm, I said, I, I, I'm not saying this tritely, I'm going to pray, I'm going to be praying for you every day this week. And here we are at the end of the week. We have begun a new week, right? The Lord's Day is the first day of the week. I did not pray for that friend every day. I said that I would. I believe I said it in sincerity. I did pray for him. I think I prayed three or four days. You say, well, that's not bad, Larry. You prayed three or four times. For the... But I didn't do what I said I was going to do. I wasn't faithful. So we, we can lament the rarity of faithfulness around us, but I wonder if that one example also re- resonates with you. The words, I'll be praying for you, are sacred words. They are beautiful words. And when you do it, it's a wonderful thing. But how rare it is to find even a faithful person who says they're going to pray and actually does it. Faithfulness is rare. Many a man proclaims his own steadfast love, but a faithful man who can find well, what, what brings us together here today is actually that we have found a faithful man. Right? That, that's, you understand, that's why this gathering exists, is because in the Lord Jesus, we have found a faithful man. There is a man, dear saints, who never errs in what he speaks. He never says he's going to do something for you and then fails to come through. He, he never grows tired. He does not sleep nor slumber. He's not in need of a vacation. He's not even in need of a good night's sleep. He's a man who is always available. He's always powerful, always attentive, always, we're told, always living to make intercession for us. He never fails to pick up the phone when you call out to him. He never fails to reply to a text. He ever lives to follow you with his goodness and his mercy all the days of your life. And that man is the Lord Jesus Christ. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Here is a man who literally has the name, we're told, in Revelation 19.11. He has the name faithful and true. Then I saw, this is the day that we're longing for when Jesus breaks through the heavens and comes to judge the world and make all things new and vindicate 
his beloved ones. Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, the one sitting on it, is called Faithful and True. The man, Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus, was faithful over all God's house. He came to accomplish the work that the Father had given him to do, and he, he was faithful to it all. And so he could say, right as he prepared for that final act of obedience in going to the cross, he could say to his Father in John 17, 4, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. That is something that nobody in this room can say exhaustively, unequivocally. I have accomplished, I did all that you told me to do. There's not a person in this room who is able to say that. We each have failed. We have failed miserably. We have failed consistently in doing all his will. We have not been satisfied, even as we heard, read those words from Matthew 25 about being faithful servants and stewards of, of, of what God has given us. We have not been content to be servants and stewards, but we have craved to be our own masters. We have resisted the idea that we belong to another, that we exist for another, that our task is to show by our trustworthiness that we trust in a God who is perfectly trustworthy. We have instead desired to do our own will, to live for our own glory, to have our own way. And for that unfaithfulness, we deserve the punishment of physical and eternal death. And because God is faithful, he says he will judge sin. That's part of what he, he says he's going to judge evil. And because he's faithful, he will judge we just sang a few minutes ago every vow we've broken and betrayed. And yet those next words, you are the faithful one. We should, I don't know if this happens to you when we sing that song, We Will Feast in the House of Zion. Sometimes when we get to the end of that chorus, I'm always hesitant. I don't know what it's like to be up here on the stage. I'm saying this now because we're not going to be singing it for however long. So you don't have to worry about doing this like after the, the sermon, but I'm always hesitant that I'm going to say, we will weep and feast no more. That would be awkward to say that, right? But it struck me that's what we actually deserve. That's what we're owed because of our infidelity to the Lord. An eternity of weeping with no good thing ever. That's what our unfaithfulness has merited, but we sing every vow we've broken and betrayed. You are the faithful one. And from the garden to the grave, bind us together, bring shalom. And that's what the Lord Jesus, that's what the faithful God has done in that faithful man, the Lord Jesus Christ. On the cross, Jesus endured the condemnation that our sins deserved. The faithful one died in the place of unfaithful ones and then in faithfulness, God raised up the Lord Jesus from the grave to demonstrate that the wages of sin had been paid. And it was only because of his faithfulness that he could be a fit and sufficient substitute for us. No sinner could pay the debt for the sins of other sinners. 
But because the Lord Jesus was perfectly faithful and perfectly obedient, he could be a fitting sacrifice for the sins of his people. And that ministry, that sacrifice that he offered up of himself, it was a ministry of faithfulness. The writer of Hebrews says that Jesus had to be made like his brothers in every respect. That means that's an amazing thing that Jesus calls us brothers. That's a whole other sermon. I could, I, we could do that. But he, he had to become human. The, the eternally divine son of God took on human flesh. He had to be made like his brothers because we were human. So he had to become a human so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Jesus in faithfulness took on flesh so that he could give his human life as a sacrifice satisfying the wrath of God for his people. And his people are all who would confess their unfaithfulness to God and run to Jesus for mercy and grace. So if if you are here this morning and you have not put your faith in this faithful man, the Lord Jesus, what God calls you to, the act of faithfulness that he calls you to today is to put your faith in the Lord Jesus. It is to acknowledge that you have gone your own way, that you have lived as your own master, and that that is evil, and that it deserves punishment. But it is to recognize, to believe that the Lord Jesus is that faithful man who perfectly lived the life that we failed to, who died on the cross in your place, who rose from the grave to show that he was the Lord and Savior of all, and he now calls you to believe upon him, to confess him, to call upon him, and he will have mercy upon you. If you are here this morning walking in unfaithfulness, oh, may today be the day of salvation that you see you're headed on the broad road to destruction where your eternity is one of weeping and feasting no more, and you can be transferred today from the domain of darkness and brought into the kingdom of the beloved son, the faithful man, Jesus Christ. Oh, we urge you to believe upon him today. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is that perfect friend. Proverbs 8, it's Proverbs, I know it's kind of Proverbs, but it's kind of other things too. A man of many companions may come to ruin, But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother, and that man is the Lord Jesus. He promises to never leave you or forsake you. He is the same yesterday and today and forever, and his unchanging faithfulness is our whole hope and grounds for assurance of being found faithful on that day. It's hard to say the words, my favorite hymn, and then start talking about one hymn. One of my favorite hymns is, was written by a man named Horatius Bonar. Maybe we'll sing it this afternoon after lunch, putting in a recommendation. It's called, I Hear the Words of Love. And there's, this, there's, there's one verse that goes, I change, I change, he changes not. The Christ can never die. His love, not mine, the resting place. His truth, not mine, the tie. That's our whole hope. If you you get nothing out of the rest of this sermon, if you've got nothing before this sermon, get this, 
Jesus is a faithful friend. Jesus is the best friend. Every day of your life, Jesus has been faithful. And every day for the rest of your life, Jesus will be faithful. And unto the grave and into eternity, Jesus will be faithful because Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. His commandments do not change. His inclination towards us never changes. His presence with us never changes. His knowledge of us never changes. His forgiveness of us never changes. His love for us never changes. His help to us never changes. And that is our great hope in the fact that in Christ, we can become faithful too. This is, this is you know... It's been educational for me to study the fruit of the Spirit. This, this series has not been exactly what I was thinking it was going to be because I just, as I get into it every week, I'm learning and I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking about stuff I wasn't thinking about when I plotted that out and put that on that card back in the spring. But one of the foundational pillars in this series of sermons is that by God's grace, through faith, in union with the Lord Jesus, with the empowering presence of his Holy Spirit dwelling in us, we can become faithful image bearers of the Lord Jesus. And that means that looking to Jesus, who is the unchangeably faithful one, we too can cultivate faithfulness in our lives. Psalm 37.3 calls us to it, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. We're called to cultivate, to befriend, to grow in faithfulness. We're, we're, we're stewards. That's what Matthew 25 is about. We're, we're stewards of the master. And being stewards, and Matt, Matt, Matt said this in the prayer, so I'm just, I'm, you know, you preached the sermon before I did, and that's, praise God. We're not our own. We belong to another. Everything we have, everything we have, is ultimately not our own, but has been graciously given to us and entrusted to us in order that it might be used for the master's pleasure and fame. That's why we're alive. Uh, I love the way the Apostle Paul puts this. This is one of the verses. I don't know if you have certain verses in your life where when you're just in a bad spot and you just need to get back on track, you just got some verses that just kind of anchor you, get you, get back in place. And this is one of these verses for me, Acts 20, 24. It has specific reference to Paul's calling as an apostle, but I think it is readily applicable to all of us who have called upon the Lord Jesus. He said, I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. That's why we're alive in Christ. It, he said, my life, it does, my life is nothing to me if only I might finish my task, if only I might do what the master has called me to. Now again, for Paul, that meant something as an apostle. It doesn't mean exactly the same thing for you. But what we're here to do is to testify to the gospel of grace. We are here to testify that God is faithful in the way that we live our lives. Having saved us by his blood and having clothed us with his very own spirit, Jesus expects us, it is our 
Romans 12.1, it's translated in some of our Bibles, uh, our spiritual worship. In other, verse, in other translations, it's translated our reasonable service. It's our reasonable service to offer our whole lives as a living sacrifice to him, to be consumed with a desire to obey him and submit to him because that's what a holy mind thinks on, how we might please and honor him. And in Christ, we've been given a holy mind. We used to live according to the passions of our flesh, but now, having been saved by his grace, we make it our aim, we read these verses last Sunday from 2 Corinthians 5, we, we make it our aim to please the Lord at all times in every way because that's what faithfulness to such a good and gracious Lord requires and calls us to, a, a daily mindfulness that all we are and all we have will be brought before him and we're now accountable for how we steward everything. We, we sing of it. Right? Steph, if you ever want to just go rogue and just sing the beauty of this man when you're up here, you always have pastoral support to do that. But that's what we, we're not closing the song. We could, we could, we could have closed with that song today, but that's, this is what we proclaim in that wonderful song that we love so much when we sing, how deserving of praise, how deserving of honor, how deserving of a life poured out. We're saying he's so worthy of a life of faithfulness because of how faithful he's been to us. And so in the book of Proverbs, I'll give you at least a little bit of Proverbs, Solomon instructs those who fear the Lord to be faithful. Let not, Proverbs 3, 3, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Hold on to these. Walk in these. And, and the, whole, the whole book of Proverbs, I'm just saying this every week, but the whole book of Proverbs commends to us the way of faithfulness in a whole variety of life's different spheres and contexts. But I want to just press for a moment or two on one area that the book of Proverbs does seem to highlight when it comes to faithfulness, and that is the idea of truthfulness with our words. Uh, Proverbs 14.5 says, A faithful witness does not lie, but a false witness breathes out lies. Proverbs 12.22, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. Faithful people are committed to speaking the truth even when the truth hurts. Because faithful are the wounds of a friend, but profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Proverbs 27, 6. That kind of faithfulness, faithfulness with our speech, speaking the master's words truly and rightly, those faithful messengers are a blessing to others. Uh, Proverbs 13, 17. A wicked messenger falls into trouble but a faithful envoy brings healing. And we, we've spoken some words 
beloved, even in this service, we have spoken words. I think I might have alluded to it in the pastoral prayer. We, I, I did not have this in my notes, but I scribbled it in as we sang that first song, You Are Holy, and we, that chorus closed with, closed with, I will live my life for you. Now, maybe you didn't sing, but a lot of us sang. And those are words that we said. And I believe the book of Proverbs does just call us to examine. Do we mean what we're saying? Are we being faithful? Living our lives for him. In, in our homes. And there's, there's so much that I could say, and the time is hastening on, as the dear hymn says. In our homes, are we being faithful, husbands and wives, to the vows we have exchanged to each other for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, till death parts us. Parents, are we being faithful to the words that we have spoken, that we would train up our children in the way that they should go? Uh, Kids, kids, I, I addressed this very briefly earlier, but kids, it may not seem like a great thing, but one great thing that you can give yourself to for your life, no matter what you might do, you might want to do great things and be rich and be famous. And it's not a sin, actually, to be rich and famous. Depends on what you do with your riches. It's okay. You can dream big about the great things that you want to do. But the most important thing that you could do, kids, is to be faithful to the Lord Jesus, to trust Him, to listen to Him, and to do what He says by His grace. And right now, kids, one of the most important things that that means for you is to be faithful to honor and obey your parents. If you're here this morning, children, it's because your parents are faithful and they're doing what God has called them to do to bring you to gather with God's people. I hope you're thankful for that. You should thank your parents this afternoon. Thank them for being faithful to God by bringing you to church and exposing you, bringing you to hear the truth about Jesus. Are we being faithful in our words Church, family, are we, are we being faithful? I, I have this in my, I keep this in my binder and I don't read it as often as I should, but this is our membership covenant. This is my copy of the signed covenant. It's, it's photocopied, it's not the actual. It's got my signature there. It has Dan Bowers as the elder who's approved. He's, he's approved my membership. Thank you. Let's see how that goes. If he ever gets upset, retracts. But this is, these, are, these are commitments that we've made to each other. These are words that we've spoken. We, those of you that are members and that you come to our members meetings, you, we, we, we speak these words to each other and to the Lord every time we have a members meeting. These are words. These, these are things that we have said that we would pray and labor to be faithful disciples of Jesus, that we would feed our souls on God's word, that we would not forsake assembling together, that we would maintain the unity of the spirit, and that we would walk in brotherly love, encouraging each other, building each other up as we have opportunity to maturity in Christ. We have said that we would earnestly seek the salvation of family and friends and neighbors and all peoples. We have said that we would contribute cheerfully to the support of the ministry. We have said that we would respect those leaders appointed over us as they exercise their oversight in submission to the Lord. And we have said that when we move on from this place, we'll find another church where we can do that. We've made words. We've said lots of words. Are we, are we faithful with those words? I've been pierced. Just even think about this week in ways I have not been as faithful as I ought to be. Praise God that one act of faithfulness that we do as servants of Jesus is we go to him and we confess our sin and we receive fresh forgiveness and we carry on. 
When I talk about faithfulness, I'm not talking about sinless perfection. But do we mean what we've said? If you're here with us and you're a Christian and you're not a member of a local church, I would just commend to you this whole matter of faithfulness is actually, I believe, an argument for uh, local church membership. Because in, in, in local church membership, you're actually saying to a group of people, here's what you can count on me for. And if you've never done that, you're, if you're here, we, I'm not saying I'm mad at you, but if you're here and you've never actually made that commitment, you've never actually said what we can count on you for. So how, how could you be faithful? So I, I think this call to faithfulness actually is a call to submit ourselves to the accountability and oversight of a church to actually say to a group of Christians with whom we regularly gather, I'm here and you can count on me for these things. There's info on the back of your bulletin if you'd like to hear more about church membership. In our, in our witness to the world, beloved, that's really struck me as I was thinking about the faithful envoy who brings healing and the wicked messenger who uh, falls into trouble. In our witness to the world, we live in a day, sadly, where even many Christians, many churches, have chosen to uh, abandon the words of God so that they might be more palatable to a crooked and twisted generation that wants to glory in their sin. It's called progressive Christianity. And what that actually means is we've chosen to edit God's word. We're not actually going to be faithful to God's word. We're going to just edit the words of our God and king to suit you so that you'll think well of us. That's not good. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be judgmental of those other people and those other churches I want us to be chastened in our lives. It's hard. So I know, I know you're, not all of your stories, I know some of you have felt this, this pain even within families because you're seeking to be faithful to the word of God but others are, are condemning you for being a bigot because those other nice Christians don't believe the same things as you. And I want to just encourage you. I don't want to judge all the other. I just want to encourage you, brothers and sisters, press on. Press on in reliance upon and in submission to the truth. It is a faithful envoy who brings healing. And those who tamper with the word of God only bring ruin to others and to themselves. You could probably identify other areas of your life where faithfulness is particularly needed, even this week. I would encourage you to... uh, Talk about that with others this week. Pray about that. But know that in every area, whatever your need is, whether you need faithfulness to grow in prayer or to grow in purity or to be a more faithful husband or a more faithful wife or a more faithful son or daughter or a more faithful church member or a more faithful employee or to share the gospel more faithfully or to resist the devil more faithfully or to suffer steadfastly in the midst of trial more faithfully, to persevere in longing for the appearing of Christ more faithfully in whatever it is where you are longing for faithfulness, he can supply and he will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ because he is faithful. And he will cause us in faithfulness to abound in blessing. That's the word that, that, is, that we long to hear, is it not? That we heard read from Matthew 25. Well done, good and faithful servant. Jesus, that's such a sweet passage. I'm not preaching on Matthew 25, sort of, but I sort of am. 
Our faithful Savior has his eye on the small places, on the forgotten moments, on the little things. In the face of every unwelcome duty, the Lord Jesus would have us remember that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, Ephesians 6, 8. When our eyes are lifted up toward our master, when our desire is that we honor him and faithfully serve him, whatever good, whether it's a, a lot or a little, whether it's glamorous or unglamorous, whether it's commended by other people or not, it will come back to us in blessing upon blessing upon our heads. The faithfulness that so often goes unnoticed on earth will by no means be forgotten in heaven. J.C. Ryle just closed with these words on this, that prospect of standing before Jesus on the day of judgment could be an intimidating one for some of you. You may tremble at, and it's, it's, it's meant to keep us, I said this last Sunday, it's meant to keep us sober and reverent. But if you're feeling scared of that day, if you are a Christian, you're trusting in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, you ought not to be scared of that day. And I hope these words from J.C. Ryle about that wonderful passage in Matthew 25 and those wonderful words, well done, good and faithful servant, will encourage you eagerly to growing faithfulness now, mindful of the great blessing that is coming on that day. J.C. Ryle says these words, he's talking about, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your master. These words are full of comfort to all believers and may well fill us with wonder and surprise. The best of Christians is a poor, frail creature and needs the blood of atonement every day that he lives. But the least and lowest of believers will find that he is counted among Christ's servants and that his labor has not been in vain in the Lord. He will discover to his amazement that his master's eye saw more beauty in his efforts to please him than he ever saw himself. He will find that every hour spent in Christ's service, every word spoken on Christ's behalf has been written in a book of remembrance. Let believers remember these things and take courage. The cross may be heavy now, but the glorious reward shall make amends for all. I hope you believe that, brothers and sisters. And let all of us who believe it and long for that day proclaim, all glory be to Christ. All glory be to Christ. Love you, dear saints. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would grow us in faithfulness. We thank you that Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. That he always lives to make intercession for us. That he's even for us right now, gathering. Uh, he's, he's in heavenly places praying for our faithfulness. How amazing a thought that is. And we know we fall short. We know, even as, as we just heard, we, 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 we are poor, frail creatures, and we need the blood of atonement every day. And we're thankful for it. We pray that you would help us to be thankful for the precious blood of Christ, for the unchanging faithfulness of Christ, 
and that you would help us as we look to Christ to grow in faithfulness, that we might be people who are dependable and reliable, trustworthy to do your will because your spirit is working in us, that which is pleasing in your sight through Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.